You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Today on Preaching Source, we are happy to welcome Dr. Jeffrey Arthurs, who is Professor of Preaching and Communication and Chair of the Division of Practical Theology at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He is also a past president of the Evangelical Homiletical Society. Dr. Arthurs, welcome to Preaching Source. Good to be with you. Good to partner with you in gospel proclamation. Ah, Wonderful. Uh, You have written a wonderful book on preaching entitled Preaching with Variety. And one of the points you make in your book is the need for preachers to allow the various biblical genres to influence how they shape their preaching. Uh, some, can you summarize what, what you're doing in that book, and especially in encouraging preachers to deal with the genres of Scripture? Yes, the big idea of the book is that expository preachers declare what the text says but also have a high degree of loyalty to how the text says it. And that gets you into the literary form, whether it's a story or a poem or a proverb or what the case may be. We're, uh, we're, we're passionate. We, we homileticians and we preachers are passionate about saying what the text says and two thumbs up on that. But there's more to communication than just content or ideation. There's also, the form, the mood, the affect, uh, the, the, the packaging of what you say. So that, that book uh, shows preachers how to analyze the form and then incorporate that into their own preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, our own Dr. Stephen Smith has recently written a new book in which he's uh, emphasizing uh, recapturing the voice of God, and it, it focuses on genre. In, any practical suggestions on uh, how preachers should approach the various genre of Scripture? I am not a formal fundamentalist, meaning if the text is form A, the sermon must be form A, because, you know, that's pretty hard to do in everything except perhaps epistle and maybe narrative. But, like you know, a proverb in Hebrew tends to be six words long. So <laughs> what's your sermon going to be, six words or... 30 seconds or whatever. So I'm not a a formal fundamentalist, but I am pretty adamant that the effect of the form, the rhetorical effect, the dynamics of it should make their way into the sermon. So if the text prompts imagination, prompt imagination. If the text evokes wonder, then evoke wonder. If the text... uh, You know, whatever it does, we should be doing. How we do that, well, the the playing field is wide open um, for how we accomplish these things. I'll give you one example. Okay, Uh, Proverbs are very short, but one of the things they do is they prompt, rhetorically, one of the things they do is prompt the, uh, the listener to ponder probably because they're so short. There's just not time to nuance everything. You know, birds of a feather flock together. You got to think about that. You have to think, well, it's metaphorical. What does that mean? And is that always true? And, you know, and so, um, so our sermons should prompt them to think and ponder. That's what God is doing 
breathing into the text, those of us with a high view of Scripture. So that's what an expository preacher tries to do. So how can you prompt people to ponder? Eh, any way you want. Give them a quiz, have a little discussion, tell a parable, because, you know, that prompts people to ponder. So the form is somewhat negotiable, but the effect of the form is what we're after. All right. In your book, you, you also stress the importance of preachers being creative, interesting, and relevant in their sermons. What, how do we go about that? Well, I, of those three, probably relevance is the most important, and the way to be relevant is to talk about things that matter. Uh, Spurgeon said, uh, uh, if you do that continually, you'll have all the attention you can desire. Talk about life and death and health and relationships and the problem of evil and suffering and, the, you know, these important issues. So if we demonstrate the relevance of the Word of God to the actual lived experience, Monday morning experience of the listeners, it will be quite relevant. Another way to be interesting is with creativity. And that's really what that book is about, more so than the, you know, applicational relevance. The form of the sermon, the delivery of the sermon, the use of image, narrative, dialogue, two-way communication, those are all uh, modes or tools for creativity and holding attention just, just by virtue of the, uh, the form itself. Hmm. Uh, as a person who advocates expository preaching, uh, let's ask you, uh, what would you say to the, the rap that expository preaching sometimes gets of, of being boring and uninteresting when preachers, you know, focus on, on the text. What, is that fair or unfair? or what, How would you answer that? Yeah, I, I would extend my sympathy. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair, I think. Uh, you know, it often, uh, expository preaching sometimes devolves into a lecture, a lot of commenting on the text without striking the flint of the human condition. So I would, I would uh, express empathy and sympathy. Yeah, I hear you. I know what you're talking about. But it shouldn't be that way because the text itself deals with the most important issues of life that are timeless and transcending cultures and, and all of that. And it's packaged in a really interesting way. You have to learn to read. You have to learn to read poetry and proverbs and all of that. But uh, the form itself is interesting also. And we, and we just do what the text does. We just borrow from the form of the text, and that will help rescue <laughs> expository preaching from the pit of boredom. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Arthurs, you have also written a, a fascinating book, Devote Yourself to the Public Reading of Scripture. Uh, talk with us just a little bit about the place the, that Scripture reading ought to have in a Christian worship service. Yes, that's another passion of mine, and uh, as a sangster, the great preacher and homiletician, I think from Scotland, does that sound right? Yeah, as, as sangster said, when the book is well-read, it can do what sermons often fail to do, and that is be the very voice of God to their souls. But the uh, catch in his uh, quotable quote is it has to be well-read because <laughs> we often hear it done listlessly and ho-hum and aw shucks and without preparation. So uh, your question is what place should it have? For those of us with a high view of Scripture, 
uh, we should match that in our orthopraxy. <laughs> it should have a high place in our services. Uh, interestingly, and probably unfortunately, the, the more liberal churches actually give a greater place to Scripture. More verses are read, and it's part of their, their liturgy. And we who uh, have a high view I, I, in the book, I say, it, reading of Scripture often is nothing more than a homiletical throat clearing. Like, <clears throat> I've got to get that out of the way, and now I can preach. But it should have a high view. How can it have that? Well, we need to increase the quantity and the quality, the quality of our reading. We can be creative with that also. It doesn't have to be standard, a solo reader, although that will be our normal mode. Group reading, put music behind it, uh, all sorts of creative methods for increasing the quantity and the quality. We've been talking today with Professor Jeffrey Arthurs from uh, Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Dr. Arthurs, thank you so much for being with our listeners on Preaching Source today. I believe in what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you very much. God bless you.